Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to Locked On Braves, brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Care for your car the way it is cared for you. Go to rockauto.com for any and all vehicle maintenance or just vehicle needs you have. Rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. In today's episode of Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, we've got some very, very sad news to focus on. Uh, anybody that watched the game last night, everybody's heard about it for now. I mean, ESPN gave you updates on it. CBS app gave you updates on it. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, everything, pretty much everywhere has given you updates. Mike Soroka lost for the season last night after blowing out his Achilles. It was one of those plays that when you saw it happen, you knew something terrible went wrong. And then when you saw the replay of it, basically the best you could have hoped for was that his calf popped, but it ended up being his Achilles. Uh, eerily reminiscent to when Jason Grilly tore his Achilles a few years back. Uh, it's a major, major loss for Atlanta. I don't think it's one that we. I don't think it's one that the Braves can recover from. Quite honestly, uh, that is the worst case scenario. Now we can say worst case would have been if Ronald got hurt. That would have been devastating as well. But the Braves lineup would have been more able to handle losing Acuna then the rotation is able to handle losing Soroka. As it was before the injury, the Braves have had two reliable pitchers, and Mike Soroka and Max Freed, both of them super young, uh, but Soroka was the anchor on that staff, and at 22, 23 years of age, 23 today actually, as a matter of fact, um, the Braves could not afford to have any more issues, especially after losing before last night. They'd lost three starters in Cole Hamels, Felix uh, Felix Hernandez and uh, Mike Fulnevich, who'd been DFA'd. Sean Newcomb hasn't been good. Tukey and Wright ha- have had spurts where they look good and spurts where you can tell that they're really young and inexperienced and they haven't been able to get deep into ball games as of yet. So it's been very taxing on your bullpen. Now you throw out a rotation that's missing four of their five starting rotation guys and the onus is going to fall on Max Fried, who's going to pitch tonight. And I, I have all the confidence in the world in Max. But you can't win, even this shortened season, even this type of year where everybody makes the playoffs, you can't win if you don't have starting pitching. And while the Braves have an elite bullpen, which is spectacular, and that's going to help a lot, that elite bullpen is not going to matter when they keep racking up innings and when you don't have the starters that can keep other uh, keep opposing teams off the board to get to that bullpen. I mean, it, the Braves are going to be playing behind a lot this season uh, without any sort of without any sort of major moves. The Braves are going to be playing behind a lot this year, and it might be it might be too much to overcome. It might be time for the Braves to to kind of cut their losses a little bit and uh, see what they can get out of these young guys and focus on development here in 2020. Because that is a that is a major major loss. I really don't know of another player that would have been as big a loss as Mike Soroka. Especially you see how he's pitched this early. You see how, he, how he's matched up against Degrom twice. Um, I, I don't see any way of coming back from that. There's still some moves to be made if if Alex really wanted to to find a way to I don't want to say make up for it, but find a way to to overcome that. There's there's a couple bigger moves that could be made. Uh that would be your your Mike Clevenger, your Lance Lynn types of moves, particularly Clevenger, but I don't think those are particularly likely to happen. Lynn would be more likely than Clevenger, obviously, because he would cost a lot less. At 33 years old, 
Um, Clevenger has two years left. Really, he has uh, he has through next season. And he's only making about eight million. So that's a guy that if if Alex wanted to get a guy who was going to be under contract for next year, um, and super reasonably under contract, I I would say that Lance Lynn would be a prime offseason target anyway. I think he would fit this rotation very well. We talked about him yesterday. Um, Clevenger's one that he could do, and the Braves have been clamoring, uh, clamoring for Clevenger since the offseason at least, when it looked like the Indians were starting to get ready to tear down. Clevenger's a guy that's got another two years on his deal, uh, two years of arbitration before he's a free agent, so you've got some control on him there. Uh, Value-wise, he's been about the same as Zach Wheeler. Now, last year would have been a huge year for him if he hadn't gotten hurt when he did, but... Uh, uh, on pace to have kind of Zach Wheeler seasons the last couple of years. And he's a pretty similar pitcher where he's got outstanding stuff. Sometimes he gets hit around harder than he should. Sometimes the 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 injury history can be – staying on the field can be kind of the question with Clevenger. But there's no doubt that Clevenger is probably the preeminent pitcher that would be quote-unquote available for the right price. That right price is just going to be very, very expensive. The Indians don't really have any real reason to trade him this year. With 16 teams making it into the playoffs, the Indians have a pretty fair shot of making it into the playoffs this season. They still have Lindor and Jose Ramirez, and they still have some good pieces overall. Their rotation with Shane Bieber, Zach Plezak has been really, really good this year. Uh, they've, they've got some guys... Carlos Carrasco has been really good. It's another target you might want to remember. Carlos Carrasco, that's another name you could think of. He'd be a little bit less than Clevenger, but wouldn't be quite the same move. But if they wanted to get Clevenger, it's going to cost. You're looking at it's going to cost you one of Drew Waters or Christian Pache, and it would most likely, this is going to make some people angry, but it most likely would be Waters over Pache. Uh, Ender's not hitting. Pache is a superior defender. Um, Pache is a guy offensively has, has been out, has been going really good as well. Um I don't think they would. I don't think they're going to deal Pache. Period. I know they don't really want Ronald in center field. He still has trouble judging balls in uh, right field. Is clearly Ronald's home for the future. So Pache is the guy that's going to be the center fielder uh, of the future, and you could see him before too much longer this season. Uh, so you'd be looking at Drew Waters. Um, maybe it'd be Waters and either Anderson or Kyle Wright to be one of those two. Um, if I were building a deal and the highest that I would be comfortable going for Clevenger, and really I wouldn't be comfortable, but the highest I could make myself go for Clevenger would be something along the lines of Drew Waters, Kyle Wright, and Waskari Noah. I don't know necessarily how Cleveland would view that deal. Um, they have a fair number of starting pitching talent in the minor leagues, so I'm not certain that Wright or Anderson by themselves would be enough to move the needle. It's going to cost you an outfield prospect and – that's one area where Cleveland clearly needs help. So that's one area where the Braves clearly have something that the Indians need. But it's going to cost you one of those guys. And I, I just I don't see Alex making that type of move. I really don't, especially not during the season. If he makes that move, it would be during the offseason. It would be because they're they're confident enough that Michael Harris is, is going to rise very quickly through the ranks because there's there's big plans for Waters and Pache and Acuna all in the outfield together next season. I don't really see them trading one of those two. So if you take that off, there's not really any big-name pitchers that the Braves are going to be able to get without giving up one of Pache and Waters. So you can basically take off any big name off the board. There's a few other names that are a little bit smaller moves that are a little bit more likely we'll touch on. Uh, when we go into the second segment, we're going to touch a little bit more on the internal moves that are most likely. But for the other trade acquisitions, the guys that I would be looking out for um, Joe Musgrove is probably the most likely. The Pirates are trash. Musgrove has he's young enough to where there there's some feel that you can turn some stuff around. He's had some numbers that have shown that he could be figuring some things out, but he hasn't put it all together. So the 
cost wouldn't be very high. Um, that's a move that I could really see Alex making. Mike Miner is only under contract for the rest of this season. And while I don't really, I wouldn't understand Alex making a move just to shore up this season and then lose the guy in the off season. Mike wouldn't cost a lot because he's he's only under contract for another two months. Uh, Alex Cobb from Baltimore is another one. Cobb's not a great pitcher, but he, he's a guy you could slot in and at least give you consistency. Uh, he's going to eat some. He's going to fill some innings. He's going to do his part. It's not going to be. He's basically going to fill the Julio Tehran role. Um, certainly, that's a move. Baltimore in full rebuild, basically for the next five years or so. Uh, that that's certainly a move that you could look to make. There's just not a lot out there right now as far as starting pitchers on the market, and just finding out what it would cost for these guys right now is is really difficult to figure out. Nobody's really nobody really knows what values to make or how far to go this season. Nobody's really wanting to add big time salary because we don't know what's going to happen next year. If if the Braves are willing to eat salary and they have seventy five million coming off the books. You look at a guy like a Johnny Cueto, but he's owed $35 million guaranteed over the next two years. That's a lot of money. That's not how I envisioned spending basically half the money that's coming off of the books. Um, if I were Alex, I would probably roll with the internal options, which we're going to discuss. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll take a look at those internal options as well as my hopes for them coming forward. So uh, stick right through the break. I know it's a sad day. It's a sad episode, but we'll be right back right here on Locked on Braves. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beer while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're having lunch, maybe even right when you get up in the morning. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant out there, at least everyone that I can think of, right to my front door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They can make my life easier with grocery delivery, whatever I can think of delivery. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it, Postmates will deliver it. No more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners here on Locked on Braves $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. That is the perfect amount of time. Everybody's stuck in quarantine. You know what? Don't worry about getting all your food. Don't worry about going out and shopping. Just Postmate it. Start your free deliveries. Just download the app. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. You'll get a hundred dollars of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days, just for downloading the Postmates app for iOS or Android. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Hey everybody, it's Dylan from Locked On Braves here to tell you about my good friends at RockAuto.com. Your car is a very big part of your life. It gets you everywhere you need to go from work to pleasure. Basically everything in your life revolves around your car. Sometimes cars need to get fixed. So my good buddies over at RockAuto.com know this and they make it easy for you. They're a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Obviously, we're still focusing on losing Mike Soroka for the season and what the Braves could, should, and probably will do uh, to kind of patch the hole in the rotation. Are they going to go big? Are they going to go all in? Are they going to punt the season and opt for development? Are they going to try to find some middle ground? How are they going to do it? First segment, we talked about some guys they could trade for. I still think if you're talking about most likely trade targets, Joe Musgrove kind of jumps out as a guy that wouldn't cost a ton to go get. He's not going to be a staple of your rotation, but he'll get you through. He'll at least be two reliable starters to go along with Max Freed there. But um, I think what a lot of people, myself included, are kind of expecting, if you're not going to make the big move, which I don't think they will, um, in this season you might as well go ahead and start the development train. Anybody that you think is going to be a big part of 2021, go ahead and get them development this year. Use this season, use this major league season essentially as a minor league season. Use it as a development season. Get Riley every day at bats. Get Camargo every single day at bats. Figure out what you need to do. Uh, Pitching-wise, there's a lot of internal options they can go with. Uh, I would not be shocked to see them try Tyler Matzik in the rotation. He was drafted by Colorado as a starter. He's been in the pen this whole time for Atlanta, but he's been a multi-inning guy. Uh, I would not be surprised to see them give him a shot. Uh, today they called up Chad Sabatka and Waskari Noah, but Alex already stated that the moves today were, were more short-term based. Neither one of those guys is taking Soroka's spot. That spot hasn't been figured out yet. My best, most likely, it's going to be Bryce Wilson who gets called up to take over that spot or at least get the first crack at replacing that spot. I don't agree with that. I think it should be Tucker Davidson uh, or at the very least Patrick Weigel, both of whom are on the 40-man. Tucker is the best of the three arms that are on the 40-man. Ian Anderson we'll talk about in a second, but I, I don't really think it should be Ian unless you're unless you're fully punting the season and going straight development route. Uh, Ian has not, does, has not earned the opportunity the same way that Weigel and Tucker – and even Bryce have. Um, Bryce Bryce is a guy that he's done well at lower levels of the minor leagues. He's still super young. He's only 22 years old. Uh, he's, got, he's got good velocity, but I, I, I don't think he has great stuff. And I know there's some people that are – there's a big split on the Bryce Wilson camp. There's a lot of people that say just give him time and he just needs to figure it out at the big league level. But he never really figured it out at the – minor league level. He never really figured it out at the triple A level. He's got some okay numbers, but nothing that jumps off the page at you. They're not what they were in double A. It's one of the reasons that I look at the prospects as they reach triple A in the majors and, and wonder if there's like a development schism between the the younger the lower levels and the higher levels in the way that they go about approaching the pitching itself. And I, I think that there's a, a difference in the pitching aspect from double A and Dennis Llewellyn and triple A in the major leagues and how they approach it. It's the only way I can figure out the big velocity dips, the the loss of Ks, the the no more wasting pitches. I can't really see any other reason for that. But when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at the guys most likely to go, Bryce is the guy that they're probably the most comfortable with because they feel they've seen some good starts out of him or one good start at least uh, with the Pirates game in 2018. Last year was a lost season for Bryce. Um, did not do well in spring training, so I don't know that the confidence for him would necessarily be high, but at least he's been there before. He's been he's pitched a major league game before, so they feel like he could probably handle it. He's got three pitches. Uh, it's fastball, slider, and changeup, but really the fastball is the only one that he has any real command over, and it's not a, it's not a very good fastball as far as spin rate goes. It gets hit pretty hard. It's very straight. Um, Weigel's a guy that's been called up six or seven or eight times. Never really got in. Never has got into a game outside of spring training. 
But Weigel's a guy that you're going to hear a lot about on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm a big fan of Patrick Weigel. He's been on my show, The Platinum Sombrero, before. I'm a big, big fan of Patrick Weigel. Braves fans kind of overrate him a little bit. Um, he's not one of those guys that you're looking at that's going to be like a rotation holdout for a long time. He's not a, a number three in a rotation. He might be a number five in the rotation, but his his floor is pretty high. His ceiling is significantly lower than most of the other guys, most of his other peers. Um, he's been used as a piggyback option since coming back from Tommy John surgery. Ironically enough, he basically works with Waskari Noah. He usually comes in after Waskari Noah, and Patrick Weigel will usually get three innings after Wasker. Um, but he's a guy that, that you feel confident in. He's a big-bodied guy. He's got good velocity as well. His command is is usually good. Uh, he doesn't have the most put-away stuff. He's not going to average 10 strikeouts or anything like that, but he's a guy that generally stays within himself. He's pretty poised, and, and he's a guy that I feel could handle it. Um, he's not going to be a superstar like a lot of, kinda, a lot of Braves fans are kind of starting to get that way about him. It's easy to root for a guy like Weigel. He, he's a fantastic person. He's had a, a great story and a great run thus far through his minor league career getting to this point. Um, I think Tucker's the guy that I want to go with. You guys know my thoughts on Tucker. I think Tucker's the best combination of poise, command, um, the ability to manage being a big league pitcher and stuff. Seeing as Tucker has 100-mile-an-hour velocity, he's got a great curveball. His changeup has gotten a lot better over the last year and a half as well. I think Tucker would be the ideal guy. He's also on the 40-man already, and he's lefty, so... I'd rather go with Tucker. They could just say screw it and bring up Ian. They could just say we think Ian is one of the five best pitchers that we could put in the rotation. Might as well just let him learn this season. If you see Ian Anderson, you won't see him back down. It would be planning for 2021. It wouldn't be the worst way to go. He's definitely going to have to get reps. The only thing about Ian is he's only got six starts, I believe it is, above double A. And really had nearly a 7 ERA, didn't look great, can struggle with walks at times. And in spring training, you saw both sides of him. You saw the dominant Ian Anderson, and then you saw the Ian Anderson that can't throw a strike. I mean, it's, And it's, it's inning to inning with him sometimes. So it's not like he's a finished product who's breaking down the door. Ian really has some full – he still needs development, now, whether they just decide to get it to him at the big league level or not. If it were up to me, I mean, if it were up to me, I'd have Tucker and Ian and probably Weigel as well get some starts this year. Um, Tukey and Wright are going to get another pass through the through the uh, through the rotation. Nuke's going to. I don't agree with it. I would replace Nuke with Tucker Davidson. But if, if there's ever an opportunity for Nuke to go out there and win a spot, if he can't grab one right now, Nuke will not be a starter anymore in Atlanta. And I would hazard a guess he won't be here because one of the one of the quiet things to talk about is there's not really room in the bullpen anymore for for Newcomb and a lot of these young guys to go into. They're no longer better options than the people in the bullpen as the Braves have spent a ton of money getting in Mark Melanson and Shane Green and Will Smith, who's about to debut, and Matzik, who's been great this year, and Luke Jackson, who has been a very, very good reliever. Not necessarily elite like a lot of people think and not trash like a lot of other people think, but he's been a really good reliever. Uh, Darren O'Day has been very good in his career. The Braves don't really have much of a weakness in the bullpen. Maybe a long rotation spot, a long reliever type spot, which I think would be, you know, Josh Tomlin, I mentioned, has been good. You could see Josh Tomlin get a start. I, I would hazard a guess that you'd see if if Tomlin is in the game or in the rotation, it would be more as a piggyback, and you would see a guy like Weigel or maybe a guy like Ian Anderson work with a Josh Tomlin so you can have somebody like Tomlin who's always so even-keeled working with a guy getting his first real major league experience. I don't really know. There's a few different ways Alex can handle this, but 
it does bring up a point that I brought up yesterday. This is going to be kind of a critical time for Alex Anthopoulos. This, this could be this time right here could kind of be where we get a real sense of what he is as a GM. Is he one of these elite GMs? Is he one of the elite GMs in Atlanta Braves history? As of now, he's made some good choices. He's made some good signs. He's also made some really head-scratching signs uh, and some that really didn't work out. The Josh Donaldson was was a unmitigated success. He's done a good job with um, you know knowing when to bring up Soroka and Freed and kind of manage them. He's he's done some decent drafting. Nothing that I think was spectacular, but it's too it's way too early to tell. Um, there, he's done some some good signs. He's done some really good bullpen signs and acquisitions, but nothing major. And a lot of the success he's had right now has been coasting off the guys that John Copalella brought in. And this this is probably the the main opportunity for Alex to leave an indelible mark on the Braves organization for his tenure. And I just I hope that I hope that if he's going to make a move, he's not going to just make a soft easy move. I hope if he makes a move. He's going to make a big move, a move that we actually could need to contend when Soroka comes back even. Not not just necessarily a move to get us through to where Soroka comes back, but a move to make us better when Soroka comes back as well as a move to, to make you more of a contender, to put you on a par with, an, with a Dodgers team or a Yankees squad, which right now I'm sorry to say, but even with Soroka, this season the Braves rotation – still was too much of a mess for you to look at objectively, look at them matched up with the Dodgers and think that the Braves had any hope, any hope of winning that series other than a, a big Dodgers letdown. Hopefully we can see something like that. We'll probably know more in the coming days. If not, don't freak out. I'm sure Alex will be on the phone. Whether or not you hear about it will be another question. So um, pay attention to guys like Gabe Burns. Ignore guys like D.O.B. and Jeff Schultz. They're not going to really know what they're talking about. Just kind of... Um, Keep, keep an eye on Bowman. He'll probably get something here and there, but um, we know how closed-mouthed Alex can be. If I hear something, I will let you guys know. Um, I know it's a little somber of a day. Thanks for joining me here on Locked on Braves. We'll be back again tomorrow. 7-10 first pitch. It'll be the Blue Jays coming to town. Max Freed on the hill tonight for the Atlanta Braves. They look to overcome a devastating loss of Mike Soroka. Thanks, guys. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on Locked on Braves. Uh-huh.